2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45%, up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Uh, We found out earlier in the week, Bob's back in the rivalry is back for Bob. I feel like all the way back. We've had a part of like pulling, trying to pull you back in, right? You've been so disconnected from college sports that now we need to pull you back into a certain extent. And we found at least a, a, a twinkle of getting you back. And it's thanks to your friends at Missouri. It, it
1: really is. You know, when, when coach uh, drink Schlitz out there decided that he was too chicken to play Kansas last week in the bowl game, that really ignited the flame for me. I didn't realize how much I didn't like Missouri for the last 10 years. I don't like the Missouri tigers. Okay. I don't like them. And I didn't realize that because the rivalry was dormant. It wasn't around. And now it's starting to come back. And I heard CDOT yesterday talking about, remember the uh, the charity game that they, they did for the hurricane mm-hmm. relief or whatever that mm-hmm. was years ago? And the way that the crowd was in that game. And I remember exactly where I was when that game was taking place. I was over at Stoll Park. My kid was playing soccer. And I was in the car listening to that game before her soccer game. I got out of the car. I'm like, oh my God, we got to win this game. And it was an exhibition game. That's what makes college sports special. College sports has cannibalized itself over the last 12 years or so with conference realignments, getting rid of the rivalries, everything that made college sports special has been absolutely cannibalized. And I think that sucks about college sports. And so for the last 10 years, five, six, seven years, whatever it's been, then KU went to some bizarre TV channel that only people in like Lee's summit got or something like that. And you couldn't watch games. And so that checked me out as well. And so I need college sports for me personally, to truly be bought into college sports, I've realized over the last few years I need a rivalry and there hasn't been one. And now it's back with Missouri. Let's go. You're going to a watch party. I am on Saturday. What time is the game? Does anybody know? <laughs> Are
0: you wearing jersey with uh tucked in, in and a tucked in butt you down down with with button down with Paul Pierce
1: jersey over the top? Okay. Yeah. Right. And then I got my sticker. I wore my sticker or my Jayhawk sticker. Yeah. Yeah. You should, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll just go with a button down and my Jayhawk sticker, and maybe a sweater vest. That'd be good. Khakis, yeah, definitely. Go Got to wear some, khakis. Some chinos, loafers, mm-hmm. no socks. Did I did I describe the KU fan at a game to a T? You're gonna bring some wine and cheese to this party. Or sweater yeah? vest, no sleeves, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think actually we're supposed to bring guacamole. It's a Mexican fiesta theme for mm. my friend's birthday, mm. so we've been in charge of the guac. To Which my wife says, Do we have avocados? To which I said, It's Thursday night, we're going on Saturday. You haven't bought avocados yet for this thing, they're not gonna be ripe.
0: That's that's KU fan right there, yeah, right buddy. there, right there. Stop by Chipotle and get he a was batch. Worried, worried <laughs> that his, his avocados weren't ripe in time for his watch party. Well, I they was not <laughs> So, uh, so the game is on Saturday basketball, that's right, Missouri. Versus Kansas. You think drink Schlitz will chicken I, out of this one? I, I I want to test your knowledge a little bit. I think you need to bring some rosters probably with you so you can watch this game intently. But I'm going to give you a little quiz. KU or MU? Okay. And you tell me. I got my newspaper back, ready to throw up in the air when we make baskets. Since you're back. All right. I'm going to give you, a, give you a little quiz here to see if you can name a KU player or MU player. All right. This ought to cool? go well. Yeah. So cool for you. Zach Clemens. Never heard of him.
1: I'm gonna go Missouri. Incorrect. Ah oh. is your guy, Zach Clemens. Zach Clemens? I don't
0: know him. Out of San Antonio, Texas. Dylan Wilhite. Kansas. Kansas is correct. <laughs> Alright! Dylan Wilhite. red Redshirt freshman. Never heard of the guy. Out of San Diego. Wilder Evers. Oh, that sounds like a KU grad, so
1: <laughs> uh, that one is correct. <laughs> That's got future Mission Hills resident right. or PGA Tour golfer written all over it. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Wilder
0: Evers. Is he related to the guy, guy Tinker Evers, Freshman who played for the Cubs? Birmingham, Alabama. Never heard, heard of him. him. Never heard of him. All right. Not bad. Not bad so far. Aiden Shaw. Aiden Shaw. Oh, Aiden Shaw. That sounds like a KU name, too. You would think, but he plays for Missouri. Oh, right. Upset. Is he from Clayton? He is from uh, from Overland Park. Played oh, Blue Valley High. All right. Aiden Shaw, how did Kansas let him get out of right. state? Nick Honor, Nick Honor, yep. Um, Missouri, that is correct. Hey, not bad. Nick Honor, All right. graduate transfer from Clemson, still haven't heard of him, man. Uh, MJ Rice, Michael Jordan Rice, I guess would be. Uh, well, let's go with Kansas on that. That's a good guess by you, freshman out of Henderson. North Carolina, you're correct. All right. MJ Rice, never heard of him. Not bad at all. Noah Carter. Kansas. (laughs) Can you think? That's Missouri. Missouri. Noah Carter. Sean East. Sean East? The second, in fact. Oh, the second. Missouri, definitely. Missouri is correct. (laughs) Uh, I might might have had you with just Sean East. I would not have. Mm. Yeah, no. Mm. Uh -uh. Uh-uh.
1: You faked out the buzzer guy.
0: Uh, Kyle Cuff, Jr. Kyle Cuff,
1: Jr. So Kyle Cuff, Sr. Probably played on like the Lindenwood team. I'm going to go Missouri.
0: Incorrect. That's Uh, a Kansas. Kansas Jayhawk. Kansas Jayhawk. I've never heard of any of these people. Cam Martin. Missouri. Incorrect. (sighs) That's that's, uh, one of your Jayhawks as well. Super senior. Oh, a Transfer super senior, seventh year guy. State. Oh, Missouri. So I was close. He went to Missouri Southern State Correct. University. Correct, but did not matriculate. MSSU did not matriculate over to uh, Mizzou. He in fact is a Jayhawk. Uh, ben Sternberg, Kansas. Incorrect. Missouri. Uh. Missouri. You got some work to do. I got a lot of work yeah, to do. Yeah. You haven't mentioned Grady Dick. No. I know who he plays for. Okay, uh, two, two me. J- Grady Dick. Kansas. Okay. Uh, Trey Gomillion. Missouri? That's yes, right. right. You don't remember Trey Gomillion? No. That's one of fantastic recruiting name. That's uh, a great yeah. name, yeah. Trey Gomillion. It was a uh, Cleveland State transfer. Oh, all right. For the Missouri Tigers. All right. You got some work to do. You better bring your rosters. Don't ask me to name the head coach of Missouri because no chance I'm getting that one. Hmm. Paul Phillips? Nope. Mm.
1: Hang on. Let me see if I can think about this one. I think you, get, you can
0: get he's it. He's the Cleveland State guy. I knew correct, that. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Ronald Wilson? No. Dwight David? No. No. I don't know. Ronald Wilson or Dwight David? I don't know. <laughs> Dennis Gates is what Dennis we're looking Gates for. Dennis Gates. Never would have gotten that one. Dennis Gates. Well, nope. nope, you got some work to do. I'm glad you're back, though. Yeah. Glad you're back. I again. needed the
1: rivalry, man. Yeah. Thanks to, to yeah. Coach Drink Schlitz. I like it. From the 3-3-4, three, three, clearly he doesn't know anybody. Move on.
0: Thanks, Coach. Yeah, appreciate your feedback. Uh, just send stop. in your receipt. We'll give you a refund. Stop the madness. <clears throat> um, Hertz is not Mahomes. Next. <laughs>
2: Keep listening to Fesco in the Morning.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you.
2: Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T
1: Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you
0: switch.
4: Independence, Missouri. What a wonderful city. Oh, yeah. Good old Independence. Oh, yeah. Queen City of the Trails. La la la. Oh, yeah. Independence is a wonderful community filled with so many wonderful people. Independence, Missouri, USA It's a great place Yes, it is Hop on Interstate 70 Go to Independence Have yourself a great time In this great community Oh, yeah Check out the Harry S. Truman Independence Home Oh, yeah His uh, new album has dropped. That's right. What is his name?
0: Uh, Moturn Media. Moturn Media. Moturn Media. I remember he had the Kansas City Sports Band. That's right. Back in the day. Made us a
1: bunch of songs about all the athletes at the time that were playing here in Kansas City. Like 99% of them are no longer in Kansas City or retired and have moved on. So I'm glad he's got some new stuff out. 50 songs about 50 different towns in Missouri. Hmm. You can get that on Spotify. Yeah. Moturn Media. Just search Moturn Media on Spotify. Love that guy. One of the best.
0: They're all right in the same wheelhouse. They really are. Yep. He read Wikipedia and said, Blue sang Springs to it. is a lovely community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: really are, like Blue Springs. People it are very has nice. a What a Burger and nice people. Something like that. Yeah.
3: Um, Can't
1: wait till the 50 songs about the state of Kansas come out. Can't be far behind. Can't be, no. He's got one for just about every state out there. Maybe Fort Kansas Hayes, is out. It's so beautiful. Dodge City. They got the Wizard of Oz. The people there are very nice. Very nice. Salina is a great place for a burger. They got the Cozy Inn. They're all the same. So, yeah, pretty much. Pretty. pretty much. Coffeeville, Kansas has a community college where Brandon Jacobs played. Hmm. Um, Has insanity struck? With who? Me? I mean, you just heard that last 30 seconds well, on the I mean, show, yeah, right? That's true. Yes. That's
0: true. So, yes. Yeah. Cold medicine is struck.
1: Yeah. Cold medicine uh, is, struck. is struck. Yeah. Somebody said you sound a little under the weather. Josh yeah. got a big sinus thing going yeah. on yeah. over here, right? now. he'll be okay. He'll fight right. it off. He's tough. That's right. Um, he is
0: tough, tough, uh, but, tough. But uh, right. Wink Martindale, not the game show host, but the uh, defensive guy. He's really pressing his luck for with the, this he one. Is, he is. For, good, well done. For the, uh, for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Says Jalen Hurts. He's, uh, he's on his way to be Mahomes. That's exactly right. Mahomes. Yes, that, that,
1: that, That's right. So. Jalen Hurts is on his way to be Patrick okay. Mahomes. So.
0: Jalen is is is
3: getting into that level, that top-tier quarterback, because uh, you can just see the jump. Uh, we, we went against him in his rookie years when he was playing sparingly,
0: and then last year to this past year, he's really worked on uh, throwing mechanics, his footwork, and it's paying off for him the same way it did for Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And uh you know, if if you go back and look at those comparisons, it's very similar. No it's not. And uh he is a triple threat. Slow
1: now. You gotta slow your roll when you start the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, don't you? And that's not just biased by me. Like what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished in his brief career is, is record setting is Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, I, I remember after his second year, we talked to the late great Teres Paler about it, who was a Hall of Fame voter. And he goes, yeah, if it ended right now, Patrick Mahomes is still in the Hall of Fame. Right. Or it was I guess it was year three where we were talking about that, where he would automatically be in the Hall of Fame because of what he was able to accomplish. And that was coming from a Hall of Fame voter at the time. So you know how good Patrick Mahomes is because we know how hard it is to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's nearly impossible to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so when you have a Hall of Fame voter saying after somebody's third season that they're already a lock for the Hall of Fame, that tells you the level that he's been playing on. So I find it to be very disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes to compare Jalen hurts to him and, and, and compare anybody to Tom Brady for that matter, with all the championships and everything that he's won. I think there are two guys right now in sports and in football. Stop with the comparison, stop trying to find the next Tom Brady and stop trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Because as, as wink Martindale pointed out there, when he got the price wrong on this one was that like, he acted like Mahomes played that first year and wasn't any good and got better and better and better. Mahomes never suffered a point in his career where there were developmental issues, where the game was too fast, where he was making bad decisions. Patrick Mahomes hit the ground running and threw five touchdowns in his first game and has not stopped since. There's no comparison to this.
0: He's done it the weird way, which is not to go through struggles early. Right. Most every quarterback goes to just Josh Allen went through it. God, yes. Struggles early. Struggles Maybe, went through it early. Uh I mean Herbert hasn't won, but he's played well like from the jump, right? But hasn't won. Hasn't That's won. a big part of it, right? Right. So um but he doesn't no look incompetent
1: like Justin no, Herbert's
0: never really looked incompetent no, out there. No. I mean Hurts has come a long way, heck of a long way. But from a guy not, that was not probably necessarily their first, you know what I mean? Like
1: Oh, they were looking to get rid of him at the they beginning of the year. They weren't
0: sure if he was their guy and now he's Mahomes. Right. Well, slow down a little. Yeah, bit. Let, let, let's slow your roll a little bit on that one because Mahomes did hit the ground running.
1: They're really and, – and we don't know – look, we don't know what went on behind closed doors, you know, that first year that he was here and, and, and what went on and how it all happened. But I know from the minute that man hit the field, even in that Denver game where he didn't have a touchdown pass, but even in that Denver game, you saw him have to come back off the bench, Josh – and lead his team to a comeback against the Denver Broncos. When he was already benched and they had that dude from Tennessee, what was his name? Blake Bortles, Tyler Bray. He was in there playing quarterback, almost cost the team the game, and then Patrick Mahomes has to come in and rescue him. We saw in the first time that he played what kind of quarterback he was. And then when it was his team and when he started this game, 10 touchdown passes in the first two weeks, there was no developmental stuff that went on there like what we're seeing with Jalen. Jalen Hurts has had his ups and downs. Patrick Mahomes really hasn't had a down. So I just, I, I find the comparisons. Well, he's much like, Pat. no, he's not. No, he's not. He absolutely is not that guy.
0: Dare I say, be Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong
0: with that because he's having a great year. And then if he wins something, then you can talk about it.
1: Exactly. If he wins something and continues to have this level of dominance that we see with Patrick Mahomes, maybe you can have those conversations But you can't because Patrick Mahomes legitimately hit the ground running and never had one of those years where you looked and went, is this the right guy? And they did that in Philadelphia last year. They were questioning if Jalen Hurts was holding them back last
0: year. Mahomes' small blip was last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Like, no, small blip the
1: first seven games of last year. When they had to,
0: you know, do things a little bit differently. That Mm -hmm. was his first adversity. Right. That's that's, that's, right. that's unreal.
1: But adversity for quarterbacks is going like 2-14. and 14. Like Peyton Manning's first year. Usually it comes in year one, yeah. You stink. You get sacked a thousand times. You don't throw for any yards. Your team doesn't win. But you look at the guy and you go, yeah, I think he's got some problems. Never had that with Patrick Mahomes. The guy walked in the door and they just took off.
0: Just slow your roll in the Mahomes comparison. Just stop, please. man. It's, o- it's, not-
1: it's It's okay, man. It's okay. That was a big whammy by Wink.
0: Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, going to drop by for his weekly visit. Why the Broncos could present some problems next.
2: This is Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long.
1: tell what the crowd is right now it's, i think mainly raiders a little bit but the you have a a pa announcer here who incessantly
0: screams whose house and he they wants him to well, no no i hate it he <laughs> wants to say everybody he wants him to say ram's house al michaels last night on uh, amazon prime enjoying the dulcet tones of the uh los angeles public address announcer right which uh, public
1: address screamer? They're
0: at least on. I think they're on twelve. I don't even think they're on eleven. Yeah, it is the the loud, the fake loudest stadium in the NFL. It is. Yeah, they just pump in the noise. They got the Guinness guy there and trying the to get a record. Yells and screams. Mm-hmm. And someone that can attest to that would be uh, Mitch Holtz, the voice of the Chiefs. That's right. Uh, because we have been there, and it's been like blood curdling noise that happens
3: in our ear. Correct, Mitch? Oh my gosh. That place, the uh, you know the Harry Potter guy that's getting uh, his book that you're talking about, Bob, he just folds up his notebook and walks away from that place. It, don't even me- mess with it. it, it you know,
1: Josh was saying how loud it is that Al Michaels uh, was talking about it. And, and the sad part is it's like he's basically screaming in an empty stadium because there are people there, but nobody's paying attention.
3: Well, true. And, um, you know, COVID brought us. So many things, uh, bad and more bad. But one of the things it did bring us was the virtual fan, the cardboard cutout fan, right? We didn't have that before. But you're reminded that every time you go to SoFi, you go, how many of these fans are cardboard cutouts? And then the guy starts blasting away, and you can't concentrate on anything else. If Al Michaels is starting to talk about it, then it's an issue, right? Yeah. Uh, So... We all can complain about it, but if Al comes down from the mountain and says, this is too loud, something will probably be done. But that place, uh, Kling knows, Dan Israel, our whole crew knows, that's quickly becoming my least favorite place to go.
1: Wow. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs with us here on 610 Sports Radio, and we're headed out to Denver this weekend. They are a dumpster fire like the rest of the AFC West is right about now. What are some of these things? You've been doing this for almost 30 years. What are some of these things you haven't seen in your almost 30 years of doing
3: this? Well, you talk about a dumpster fire. The defense is not a dumpster fire. Their defense is playing at a division champion caliber on a 3-9 team get this one, and I have not seen this in my brief 29 years as the voice of the Chiefs. The Broncos we know are three and nine. But six, get this one, Bob, six of their nine losses, six of the nine, the opponent has scored less than 20 points and won the game. Now, maybe you could do that in high school, but really not anymore. And the fact that they, they hold opponents to under 20 and lose has got to drive this defense crazy. And yet in talking around the building on the, with the offensive guys in shop, even mentioned this on our defending the kingdom uh, podcast. It's like, it's galvanized these guys, but, I've never seen that. To lose six games and the opponent gets less than 20 is crazy.
0: Yeah, because basically you just, well, we do this all the time with the Chiefs events, right? Right. No one's going to outscore this Chiefs team, right? You hold the 20, you're going to win a ton of games. They're the absolute reverse, like 20 ain't good enough. That's bad. That's, that's even,
1: even 10 isn't good enough for them.
3: It, yeah. It, last week it wasn't good enough, and then they've had some of those less than 10s. It's, it's just bizarre how divergent this team is how good this Denver defense is and just how brutal this Denver offense is.
0: So can they keep the chiefs in check at least for a while defensively?
3: Yeah, they can. And, and because they can do it all, their coverage guys starting with Sertan might be the best in the league. And then Simmons, you know, is an elite safety. So think about what you can do and maybe what Cincinnati does. That's that's understated other than keep the ball away from the Chiefs. I think that's the biggest thing that nobody talks about is the fact that Cincinnati just dictates terms and and Mahomes only had 54 snaps last Sunday. But you have the ability to cover Kelsey um, and influence doubles or, or switching rolling coverage to him and then the ability to tackle. I know it sounds like seventh grade, but the Chiefs are number one in the league in yards after catch. And Cincinnati and Denver are two of the top teams in the league in preventing yards after catch because they're such superb tacklers in the open field. They can cover and they can tackle and they can pressure. And that's the uh, challenge the Chiefs are facing on Sunday going to Denver.
1: You know, one of the other things that kind of, like, put my antenna up, Mitch, is I heard Andy yesterday talk about Russ uh, being kind of, like, slippery in the pocket and, and and whatnot. And and sometimes you hear a lot of coach speak. But that was one that I put the antenna up and I went, ugh. I don't like the fact that he's slippery in the pocket because I feel like coming off that game against Joe Burrow, which for whatever reason the Chiefs can't sack Joe Burrow, having a guy that is slippery in the pocket kind of puts me at a little, like, not ease, if you will.
3: Yeah, I'm, I I just, I'm looking at this Denver offense and going, slippery in the pocket, okay. Uh, Greg Dulfish. okay. That's, that's, to me, is the biggest challenge going into this game. But, um, yeah, pressures and, and finishing the pressures. I think against Cincinnati, it's almost trying too much. They're trying too hard and was so desperate to get a sack, it became even more desperate. I I just, uh, you know, I want to respect Russ Wilson, but I'm just not seeing that uh, when I look at this team. And, yeah, I want to respect him, and that's what Coach is saying. He's got the ability to move around a little bit, but this isn't the Russ Wilson of 2018 that we saw in Seattle.
0: Yeah, you just want him not to wake. I I thought when I looked at the schedule – Boy, two times with Denver late in the year—that might be bad. They might they might start slow, but they'll figure things out by the time we get to this point. Um, and didn't want to see maybe two matchups with them this late, but they still haven't figured out an offense even this late in the no. season. And,
3: well, and, and let's let's give let's be a little honest here. They, you know, they've lost three of their five offensive linemen, and Dalton Reisner, who was the star at K State, their left guard, who's going to be an All-Pro, he may not play. That's four of the five offensive linemen down for this game. Uh, They're missing two of their top wide receivers. And if Cortland Sutton doesn't play, that's three. Uh, Because you got K.J. Hamler and they lost Patrick in training camp. And then the running back, Javante Williams, is out. So, you know, in all fairness, they've been just decimated by injuries. But still, nine points. I mean, your defense is giving you the chance to win every game. Just get to 20 points and you guys would be playoff challengers. And they can't get that done. You just want the Chiefs to continue the Broncos on that path and not have some weird offline one-off day where they get 27 points.
1: Talking to the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis here on 610 Sports Radio. Um, I thought, and I never really thought the red zone was an issue. They had a rough game against the Rams with two of their biggest red zone threats out with injury. Bounced back last week, I thought, in the red zone just fine against the Cincinnati Bengals. So... Yeah. For everybody who is doubting it, is the red zone swagger back now?
3: I think this is the Sunday to to. Uh, that's the litmus test. That's one of the big. Uh, it's a great question. Thank that's you. One of the big. Th- 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 well done, Bob. Think about. Um, it's it's one of the big. I don't know things to watch in this game. The fact that Denver is number one in the National Football League in red zone defense, and it's by far. It's not even close. Remember how the Rams were good in red zone defense and still are. Mm-hmm. Somehow beat the Raiders last night. The okay, the touchdown percentage in the red zone against this Bronco defense is thirty-two percent. That's number one in the league. The Rams are second at forty-three percent. The Broncos have been that good in the red zone. It's wow. and so for the for me, the Chiefs had red zone swag and still can. uh in. Can we see that swag this week? If they, if the Chiefs perform well against the red zone uh, this week against this team, then you know that red zone swag is back. So
1: how do you, I guess, not suffer that quote-unquote letdown this week going up there? Because they're going to challenge you at the beginning. What does Andy Reid do, I guess, maybe better than anybody else to not allow his team to suffer a letdown in a game like this?
3: Yeah, for the most part, Bob. I've not. I've no other than the Colts game. Mm-hmm. This team has been able to uh, an uncanny knack, as good as I've seen. I think of keeping that weekly gear. You, you tighten the screw a little bit. Um, you know, usually in these division games, and I'm, I'll be curious to see. Andy will always come up with a new wrinkle or a play or or something you haven't seen yet that he will work on in camp or work on in the summer. And this is the first time Denver has seen the Chiefs this year. Right. First time we've seen them, right? He's always got one or two little things to go, hey, just team with the screwdriver. And let me – I need a Phillips. And just crank it over two or three times and come up with some new wrinkle or play or something just to refresh everybody. But I, I don't sense a letdown. If I sense anything, it's going to be a battle against this Denver defense – uh, maybe as tough as any all year for the offense of the Chiefs.
0: How bad
1: is the situation in Denver? Because when we started the show this morning, I, I said. As bad as 2012 was, and I still think that goes on record as with everything that happened in 2012. On and off the field. On and off the field. The worst season of any franchise in NFL history. Andy Reid takes over January 3rd, 2013, and boom, they're off and running. And and Andy Reid was able to come in and make those changes and and make changes where he needed to make, and especially the quarterback. He was able to handpick his quarterback and come in. If Nathaniel Hackett is fired at the end of the season, and you still have this Russell Wilson albatross hanging out. How attractive is that Denver job to the new head coach, knowing he's got to come in and
3: babysit this guy for three years? Well, and we've mentioned this throughout the fall that you know Sean Payton is on a drone right now, just flying around the league. Don't you feel that he he does a great job as an analyst? He's awesome. But, yep. Uh, somebody's coming after him with a pile of cash, much like Andy Reid in 2012 uh, to recruit him. This one would be difficult, I think, for Sean Payton to take, and he may take it, but just because of what you mentioned. This is a six-foot-deep hole, and you've got, you got—you don't have a shovel. You've got a spoon. Um, I, you bring up a good point, and you're kind of stealing my thunder for next week because I always have to work ahead on, on some features. I do a Think on the Minute with Mitch that's on, in, on Channel 41 on Thursdays, but I do that also on our network on the radio side. And so it just kind of stopped me. It was late. I was late work on Tuesday night, and I just kind of stopped and stared out the window of my office in of my home, and thought about it. Ten years ago this week, you know, we just had the Belcher murder suicide. Right. Uh, we were a wreck. Uh, we had to go to Denver, the last game of the year. I remember how just how awful I felt on that plane ride. Got destroyed coming back. Like what? what what's going on? Where are we going? And then Andy Reid got hired, and within a week and a half, it was changed. It was amazing how how transformative it was. But we didn't have a quarterback salary cap problem, where let's say we, let's say we had Joe Montana and he couldn't play very much anymore. But we had like three years against the salary cap where we were tied and and hamstrung like the Broncos. It's it'll be interesting to follow them. They can they can rally around that defense, uh, but. Still, we also take for granted. I take for granted, and I'll talk about this again next week because we're playing Houston, and Houston feels like we were in, in 2012. But how sometimes you have to back up and reflect to truly appreciate. No doubt, because where where were we ten years ago this week? And it was in a bad spot.
0: Yeah, it and really
3: was. To see what's happened, to see what's happened is just. I just stopped and thought, okay, all right, Lord, I get it appreciate what's going on here.
1: Now, that all being said, if you're Sean Payton and you have your choice of the Chargers or the Broncos, aren't you going to the Chargers 10 times out of 10?
3: Yeah, to think. And there'll be others now. That's not going to be the only two teams that are going to be trying to attract the drone to land. Uh, There'll be some others because other jobs are going to open here uh, throughout the next... He's going to be careful with this selection. He gets to choose. And so... uh, I, I don't think it's down to those two. But you would think it would be the Chargers over the Broncos based on you've got a young uh, Justin Herbert. You've got a basically young team. Although they're going to get to a second contract with Herbert. But, you know, he can manage that. But it won't be just these two. There's some other – the Sean Payton chase will be on over the next 45 days.
1: And if the Chiefs win on Sunday and the Chargers lose, the Chiefs win the West for the 7th consecutive time, becoming only the 3rd franchise in the history of this league to win 7 straight division championships. It's, it's one of those deals where this week we talked a lot about micro versus macro because Monday was a lot of micro stuff. The rest of the week yep. has been a lot of macro stuff and looking at the big picture and everything is still attainable that this organization and franchise is gearing up for. But the bigger macro is... Seven consecutive titles. It's only been done two other times in the history of this league. I think sometimes we don't take a big enough step back and realize what's going on because we get caught in the minutia of the micro instead of realizing the impact of the macro.
3: It will be only the Patriots run in the 2000s and, you know, basically obliterating the AFC East for 10 seasons is the, that's all, that's the only run in division dominance that will be greater than this one. To let that soak in. And we used to think, like, yeah, the Raiders had five division titles in the 70s. Man, that was crazy. We know what Peyton Manning did to rule the division for five seasons in the AFC West to win it every year. This will be seven. Seven. And, again, I, I love your micro-macro uh, analysis because it's perfect. Because macro, you're looking at all that has been done and all that can be done. With a young quarterback who's the best in the league after 75 games in every category, including winning, and you're thinking there's more to come, but to win seven divisions in a row, division titles in a row, is one to just step back. What if the Royals won the uh, AL Central seven straight seasons? It's 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 like a Atlanta Braves kind of run, right? In the 90s or whenever they were winning it every year in that division. Right. Uh, it's it's just it's amazing to think the chiefs have been this dominant in a division, uh, which has tried to pick them off every year. And that's, I mean, think about there. That's That includes a 12 win Raider team. That includes a 12 win charger team. Uh, so it's not been easy, but remarkable nonetheless.
0: Speaking of seven, Travis Kelsey, 32 yards away from seven straight 1000 yard seasons. Um, I don't think that that can be under understated what he's done to that position
3: going to be a big day for Travis Kelsey. There's two others that um, go right in line with that Kling, uh, and that is he is three yards away from the most yards after catch by a tight end in NFL history. Now, why is that big to me? Because that's one I was kind of digging out and working with PR on it at McMullen on it because here's why. Everybody wants to say, oh, Shannon Sharp was better, and I love Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was great. And yards after catch is a tight end stat. They go, well, Kelsey lines up as a wide receiver. Like, the Chiefs move him around, but he's an inline tight end a lot. But yards after catch is a running back slash tight end stat. I throw you the ball. Samaj so Piran catches it at three yards. He runs for 13. That's 13 yards after catch. Wide receivers will catch the ball at 25 yards and usually go down there. Or So yards after catch is a tight end. Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez stat. Travis Kelsey will have that on his first reception on Sunday. Yards after catch. It'll be better. He'll take out Tony Gonzalez. And he will do it in his ninth real season of playing, where Tony took 17 years to get that yards after catch total. The other one is going to be getting to the 10,000 receiving yard mark. He's 26 yards away, Kelsey. When he does, it'll be the fifth tight end to do so. But he will do it 40 games quicker then the next closest guy, that was Tony Gonzalez, who did it in 177 games. Kelsey will do it in his 140th game. Sorry, 37 games quicker, which is two seasons quicker than anybody else to do it. That, to me, cements even further that Kelsey's the greatest tight end to ever play. And the yards after catch stat with me is one that I'll pound on the table. Because, again, that is one that should be a Shannon Sharpish Tegan stat.
1: I don't know what to say. I really don't like Josh and I looked at each other when you were going through all that. We're just like looking at each other with like that surprised look of holy crap. I, I you know, it it's 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 so good and we see it every day. Sometimes you just have to speak it into existence to let us all know what the hell really we are watching right now because we are watching greatness right now and I think sometimes we forget that and sometimes you know I, I feel like after a loss people lose their minds they're, they're like that that child who doesn't get what they wanted about five o'clock and melts down and collapses in the center of the living room and you just kind of let him fizzle out like that old jumping jack firework you just kind of let him fizzle out the, you know people I guess are under the impression that this team should be undefeated all the time and there's only been one time in history where a team in this league has run the table and has gone undefeated as we know so it's not it's not really possible to be undefeated in the NFL because nobody's done it except the 72 Dolphins. And so I think it's just important at times, Mitch, just to talk about how great this run has been with everything that has been accomplished. And at times, like, people are like, well, what's your point? You Sometimes there just doesn't need to be a point. Sometimes it just needs to be, hey, oh, wow. we're, we're, we're pretty damn good, <laughs> and some of this stuff is impressive.
3: Well, those Kelsey stats, are, I'm with you. Those are usually ones and unfortunately we do this like five years after he we retires, we're having some Discussion like this going. Oh my gosh, what were we watching? Right. Well, it's best to do it while we're watching it, and and Sunday's a big day for those marks and just to kind of celebrate what Kelsey is and what we're seeing. But your micro-macro uh, thought about Mondays versus the rest of the week is really very good. I mean, Monday can kind of be a micro day, but it doesn't mean pleading to ridiculous statements. Like, fire Dave Tobe. I've heard fire Dave Tobe. Like, what are you people talking about? Fire Dave Tobe. Uh, and it, it, it's such a reaction, an emotional reaction many times, that people just say and do ridiculous things, you know, either to get hits, clicks, or, or listeners or viewers or whatever. But you can take the micro too far. I sense Monday was that. Uh, people were so into trying to beat Cincinnati. We all were. Mm-hmm. And then not to win that game, it's just like, I'm so mad. I'm going to beat your kid on the floor. And then two hours later, they're either asleep or playing with a toy going, your child is the cutest child I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> well, that's the macro part of this. So, um, yeah, just take care of business. But uh, this, this is good. You look at Bills. You look at Bengals. You look at Chiefs. You look at Eagles. That's it. That's pretty much the group. Maybe Dolphins. But that's still the group. And that doesn't mean when you lose a three-point game to Cincinnati where Kelsey fumbles after a 21-yard game, that might have been the tipping point of the game that, oh, my gosh, it's all over and it's terrible and fire Dave Toe. What? Mm -hmm. I mean, So things do get crazy on Mondays. uh, And this league is so popular but it also overreacts like no other league that exists in professional sports. I don't know. Maybe MLS, not MLS, but uh, the Premier League is like this, but I doubt it. Maybe it is. This is too – it is it?
1: I don't know. It's. it's I, I don't know. I don't it's think there's anything like, as
3: reactionary as the NFL.
1: Nothing. I don't think no. anything is like every single. Like we had Wink Martindale legitimately say Jalen Hurts is is Patrick Mahomes yesterday. So I mean, like the nonsense that flies Baker out of Mayfield this league. Baker Mayfield is the
0: next great but, uh, Rams quarterback. Yeah. Should the Rams you know, just I mean, turn
1: the reins over to Baker Mayfield? I mean, like the the absurdity <laughs> of what people bring great. up the next day is fantastic.
3: Yes. Baker Mayfield is the next Rams quarterback. Nice 98-yard crowd, Baker. Way to go, buddy. But I'm going to hold back on, I don't know, I'm thinking Vince Ferragamo here. Uh, Roman Gabriel. Yeah. But, yeah, You're. it's it's nuts. And I don't know, maybe Chelsea loses 1-0 to Man U and everybody at Chelsea freaks out for 24 hours. But it's it's my least favorite part of the NFL is how there's just so much overreaction.
1: If Chelsea loses 1-0 to Man U, they're going to fire Ted Lasso.
3: <laughs> i thought he's still at fc richmond did he get did he get did he move that job i think he i think he upgraded yes <laughs> yeah you know he was walking around our to the day or one of our games and i didn't get a chance to see him but yeah ready for the ready for the next uh batch to come out
1: all right well you enjoy friday and saturday enjoy your flight to denver enjoy colorado let's bring home a victory and we'll talk to you next week my friend
3: and we'll have overreaction Monday. That's, that's right. exactly right. That's right. Good with or bad. C dot at four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All
4: right.
0: See
3: ya. <laughs> See yeah. Boys. yeah, he said with C dot at four. Yeah, I know, that right. yeah. Yeah,
4: that's
0: true. <laughs> that's true. I think there will be overreaction on Monday because I think the Broncos are gonna give you fits for like a half.
1: Of course. But it's and the then, NFL. This is so, what happens, and right? And so
0: people are going to be freaked out that they hung right. for a half. Oh, my God. Right. How can they hang on with the Denver Broncos? Maybe the Chiefs aren't that good. And their defense is Come really on. good. 3.05 start time on one oh six five. The Wolf. I'll join Mitch and Dana on the call. Pre-game coverage starts at noon on the Wolf. Post-game coverage right here on the Wolf and 610 Sports Radio. Uh, Kevin Durant is also no Patrick Mahomes. We'll get to him next.